Hello and welcome to this download from Blackwell Online. My name is George Miller, and my guest today is philosopher Mark Rowlands. But if that makes you think of someone who inhabits the rarefied atmosphere of an ivory tower, think again. That Mark is no ordinary philosopher is clear even from the titles of his previous books, The Philosopher at the End of the Universe, and Everything I Know I Learned from TV. His latest book is more extraordinary still. The Philosopher and the Wolf describes the decade that Mark spent in the company of Brennan, a wolf he found advertised for sale in a small ad. I asked him how the story began. Well, I, I was, uh, it was my first job, or my first real job. I was teaching philosophy at the University of Alabama, and um, I was having a great time, but it, as it looked like I was going to be there for a while, I thought I might get myself, myself a dog. You know, I, I sort of grown up with dogs most of my life, and I kind of missed them. So um, I was looking through the, the, the local newspaper, the, uh, the Tuscaloosa News, and this, this advertisement jumped out of me, uh, wolf cubs for sale, 96%. And uh, I thought, wow. So I just thought, well, this I've got to see. You know, I'd never heard of anything like this before. And I, I'm pretty much a sucker for sort of puppies, you know, let alone wolf cubs. I mean, you plot me down in the middle of a group of puppies, then I'm, my fate is pretty much sealed, you know. So uh, I think when I actually set off, as soon as I set off and to have a look at these, I was, I was always going to sort of bring one back with me. <laughs> The wolf was called Brennan, and I wondered if you could say how you began to establish a relationship with him. Was it very different from establishing a relationship with a dog, or was it similar? Yes, um, I suppose our, the sort of broad contours of our uh, relationship were established that afternoon. I brought him home. I mean, the first thing he did, I, I I bring him into the living room, and the first thing he does is tear down all the curtains. You know, pretty much in throughout the house and I'm, just, well, mm. well, I'm sort of running around after him saying things like no don't do that and then trying to rehang the curtains you know eventually he makes his way out um, into the back garden finds his way into the house there's a little door there that was apparently open and proceeds to tear down all the uh, the air conditioning pipes that were blowing up through, through the floor so um, it turns out the walls are you know being very intelligent they get bored very quickly and um, when they get bored their default behavior is to eat things, basically. And I suppose the first rule of our, our relationship was that Brennan was never, ever to be left on his own for any sort of length of time. So I had to take him pretty much uh, everywhere I went. And uh, and so I took him into work with me. Um, I was a you know, philosophy lecturer, so so it was just about possible to do that. You know, and any socializing I did, he had to come along too. And if I went shopping, then I'd have to take him along in the car and run in as fast as I could, grab a few things and run out again. <laughs> and what kind of reaction did you find that people had to to you accompanied by a wolf? It varied a lot from country to country. Um, I mean, I, I suppose far and away the most relaxed country was uh, was, was France, where um, they're, they're used to wolf hybrids at the least. You know, there's there, there's mm. a lot of those around. So, so little kids were, um, would run up and throw their arms around his neck and say, you know, look, Mama, le chien Lou, you know, the wolf dog. <laughs> In, in Ireland, uh, on the other hand, people were pretty, uh, p- people are a little wary around big dogs, you know, most, most of the time there anyway, so, so there was uh, a bit of consternation, I suppose, on certain um, occasions. I mean, pro- probably the funniest thing I, that ever had, well, I, I ever sort of saw um, in connection with this was walking um, in Wimbledon, actually, um, one day with him, and uh, a, a kid says, look, mummy, a wolf. And the mother says, don't be silly, it's a dog. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that sort of, um, I suppose, sort of points to the anomalousness, really, the fact that we, especially in, in Western Europe, we, we think of a wolf as something that's, that's long gone. And I suppose that emphasizes the essential wildness of the animal that you were dealing with. And, um, you know, in case people 
get the impression this is just a sort of Marley and me with a more exotic species. I mean, the, the relationship you had with Brennan led you to think very deeply about all sorts of aspects of your own life and humanity in general. Yes, yeah. That's one way of thinking about the book and what, what it's about mm. is, is trying to work out you know, what it is to be human mm. by, by examining the various ways in which we differentiate ourselves from uh, other creatures, especially, especially wild creatures. Can you say a bit about this um, distinction you make between what characterizes the human, uh, you, you know, you, you refer to as the simian and the lupine or the, the canine? The discussion of the simian versus versus the lupine or canine, and that that was in connection with the idea that what separates us from other creatures is, is our intelligence. Mm. And I, I don't I don't I don't doubt that at all. Um, we are in most sort of important respects a lot a lot um, smarter. But um, what, what what I wanted to uh, attack and try and undermine was the idea that difference in, in intelligence um, adds up to to better. So people tend mm. to fly from. We're different to, to we're better, and that, that's the sort of line I was I, I was I was attacking. And so, w- what I tried to do was examine the idea of intelligence, specifically the intelligence of the apes like us, simian intelligence, and, and look at where it came from. I argued basically that at the core of our intelligence, our intelligence is built on more primitive abilities to to um, manipulate and deceive our, uh, mm. our our peers, our conspecifics. Mm. So um, while intelligence is, is is obviously a good a good thing to have, it's it's not an un- unadulterated uh, blessing. And mm. I think what, what, one of the sort of um, striking features of of, of um, humanity is that often what we regard as our, our sort of best side, our best aspects, and rightly so, derives from what's worst about us. And conversely, I mean, we have throughout civilization attributed lots of negative characteristics yeah. to the wolf and i guess you would say a lot of that is is entirely un, unjustified uh yes yeah absolutely um they're, they're they're not sort of savage vicious creatures at all i mean pe- people people often uh, or typically actually confuse um predation with with, with aggression now wolves are predators mm. they have to kill to eat but be, predation is, is is a very very different thing from aggression. They're completely different sort of behavioural syndromes. And wolves are not aggressive, vicious, nasty creatures um, mm. by any stretch of the imagination at all. I mean, if you were to try and sort of sum up the 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 fine qualities, the higher qualities, the the qualities that you really admired in Brennan, how would how would you try to sum those up? I think there's a certain sort of um, cleanness to them. The, 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 they're characterized by uh, an absence of malice, and so you know their lives are not are not based around or don't don't involve trying to manipulate those around them or trying trying to deceive them. They're straightforward. They're they're honest and they're um, clean. Mm. And would you say there was a difference of degree or a difference of kind between between those qualities in in Bren and the Wolf and say uh, dogs that you'd had in the past? Yeah, I, I think d- degree. I, I I think most most differences are differences of of degree, including the mm. difference between differences between us and other other creatures. Did he, in large measure, contribute to the person that you are now? Would you say? Oh, I, I, absolutely, yeah, and mm. um, he certainly contributed to, to, to the way I think, and I, I think I say in the book, you know, the, the sort of thoughts that this book contains. I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure they're not thoughts I, I could have thought if my life hadn't been a, a, of that sort, lived, lived in such sort of close proximity with uh, with, with a wolf. I mean, you put that in a very in a very nice way in the book. You say these are the thoughts of the clearing. Yeah. 
But could say, say a little bit about what you meant by the thoughts of the clearing. Right. Um, well, so suppose you're in a. You're, this is actually a, a Heideggerian metaphor, the clearing. I use it mm. in a slightly different way. But suppose you're in um, you're in the forest, and the trees are so close together, you you can't see anything because no light is coming in. You can't you can't see the wood for the trees. As, as mm. The clearing is the place where the forest becomes lit up, and you can see things for, for, for the first time. And I think um, mm. the sort of life we lived. Um, the two of us uh, in such sort of proximity, I think that was the sort of clearing which, which allowed me to, um, which allowed certain thoughts to become lit up for me, if you like, certain thoughts mm. that if, if I hadn't lived that sort of life would have just been sort of in, in, the, dark of, in, in the dark of the wood. And the book is, is basically, you know, those, those thoughts. I wondered, Mark, having made that journey, could you ever imagine yourself Owning another wolf, maybe owning is the wrong word, but yeah. sharing your life with another wolf, or does that belong to part of your past now and you've, you, you wouldn't ever seek to repeat that? I, I, hope it'll, I hope it'll belong to my future as well. Um, it's, it's not the sort of thing that I could really do at the moment because uh, it's become apparent to me in, in, in the last couple of years that young children are, are high mm. maintenance in much the same mm. way that a wolf now, and I just don't think I have enough time or energy for both mm. at the moment. But uh, mm. it's a sort of, it, it's, it's a dream for, 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 for further down the road.